Hi, you guys, and welcome back to the podcast. We are the Carwells. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah, and we are, as you know, Airbnb interior designers and investors. (laughs) All right. Welcome, everyone, back to the Catch Up with the Carwells podcast. Today, we have two of our favorites. If you guys follow us on any social media anywhere, you know that we hang out with Maddie and Skylar more regularly than almost anyone else in this space. Um, And it's been way overdue for us to bring them on and just catch up with their journey uh, for you guys to listen in on. So welcome, Maddie and Skylar. Thank you. We're so excited. Hi, guys. All right. So every episode, we start it with an Airbnb horror story. So before we dive into any of the juicy questions on where they're located now and what they're doing in their neck of the woods and in their business, let's kick it off with an Airbnb horror story because I know you guys have one. (laughs) So this is one of our more recent ones because I feel like we've already told a lot of our like crazy horror stories, but this one's more of like a lesson to all hosts. Um, So one of our new properties in the Poconos guests were complaining about like a cat pee odor like when they walked in they were like something smells weird but we had never had a cat there and like we went there and we couldn't find any like soft materials that smelled like cat pee so we were just like super confused so we sent someone over there to like take a look and figure out what it was and it turned out that propane has like no scent naturally so they add scent to it so that if there's a leak people can smell it So it turns out that there was propane leaking into the house and your average CO2 detector does not pick up propane. So you need a separate detector to know if propane is leaking into your house. And this one has a propane line from the house to the outside barbecue. Mm -hmm. And that's where it was coming from. So that is like a lesson to all hosts to get the smoke detectors, CO2, and propane detectors if you have anything that has propane in the property because that could have been so bad so if there's a propane leak is that deadly if they were if they would have like fallen asleep and that leak would have continued or like what's the worst case scenario that's a good question i have no idea if it'll just like kill your lungs or whatever or kill you through your lungs but i think if someone were to like light a match or if they were to turn on the stove all the propane is in the air so like i don't know how bad it could have been but i think that it definitely would have caught fire yeah And I've never heard anyone talk about that either. Like, why aren't we talking that, like, CO2 detectors don't pick up propane? Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought about that. No. But I also, I don't know a lot, like, I haven't run into a lot of places where it's propane hookup directly. Yeah. 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 That was the first thing I noticed. Yeah. When we walked that house, I was like, why do they have, like, a massive propane tank hooked up to their, like, barbecue grill? Like, this makes no sense. Like, can't we just get a normal grill with a normal size propane tank? Is that that hard to ask for? No, you need 500 gallons of propane available for that. Literally, which like is really convenient to not have to go out and get new tanks or like not have to have the cleaners check, but I think it's just not worth it. Just get the small ones. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, this past week, Federico sent us a link to the propane tank detectors between them. Yeah. And so it's like every single Uh, time we've just been like in the past being like, maintenance men just pick it up and if it's like too heavy to pick up then it's full <laughs> it's not too heavy to pick up then it's time to refill it so uh, yeah. we're thankful that that's on there now so then it's like 
you know, we've, it's like a guaranteed bad review when somebody is like mid yeah. and then they run out of propane as their food is like yeah. half cooked. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the gauges are like oh 20 God, bucks, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> like oh. super cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Immediate <laughs> solution that I didn't know existed, but the more you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, Tyler and I were just. Yeah, Fede is so good at finding this. Yeah. Yeah, my yeah. biggest fear for our property, so we have a gas fireplace. And there's like, we locked it because we're not letting people use it because it's just like really old and we're going to get an electric one. But there's a little like knob to turn on the gas like right in front of the fireplace. And my nephews have messed with it a few times. And so Tyler and I are like, do we cover it with a basket? Like, how do we make it so people are not messing with this knob? We found out you could just pull the whole thing out (laughs) and like, (laughs) it's like a hole, but we just covered the hole, but I'm like, nobody mess with the gas knob. It's not risking that. So that stuff is not to be messed with. And I refuse to like light that fireplace. I'm like, "Mm, I'm not doing it. So until we get it switched out to electric, nobody's touching it. Yeah. Yesterday I got so smart. Yeah. Yesterday I got, I'm so conflicted in a situation with a fireplace uh, right now in Hale Haven, the existing fireplace is a wood burning fireplace and it's gorgeous, right? It's got like gold detailing around it. It's like original. It's, it's so beautiful. And it just is such a design statement in the living room. And so instead of converting it to an electric fireplace, I wanted to convert it to either a natural gas or a propane insert. So then it's not real wood and it's something that's like easier Mm -hmm. to turn on the winter. And we had it quoted yesterday or two days ago. And for an electric insert, it's like $1,500 total. But for a propane or natural gas swap, it's like minimum five grand. Oof. That Gosh. is not worth and it. My brother was like, well, we can like, you know, we can we'll see what it costs actually, like picking out the one that you want. And I was like, you are so patient with me. I was like, there is absolutely no ROI attached to like the propane versus the electrical. I was like, no. we just cannot justify that. Like, I appreciate that you're willing to spend the thirty five hundred minimum extra for that, but no, we can't. And there's no yeah. way you pick a cheap option. Oh no, no, it's gonna be way more no. than five grand. Like I just have to let it go. <laughs> there are these like electric logs have you seen those that just plug into an outlet no i'll have to send you the link they're like 500 bucks they plug into an outlet so you could like install an outlet in the thing um and then it's like fake logs and they like blow out heat and then there's also lights to make it look like flame yeah it's like fake embers i mean it is cheap i don't care yeah it's a cheap solution but it's cute yeah i mean i want to keep the existing fireplace so bad because it's so pretty yeah I'll send it to you. It's it's cute. We used it in Big Bear, and we also used it um, at the Socrates house. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah, if that's a good solution, that's what we're doing. Because I just I'm about yeah. ready to stick a space heater in there at this point because I want to keep the fireplace so bad. No, fireplaces yeah. just freak me out though. Yeah. In rentals, I'm so nervous about mm-hmm. like we have the it's like a heavy duty lock that we put on ours because when you did the <laughs> zip tie or whatever and somebody cut it and then burned your fake wood, I was like, that's not happening to me. Oh. No way. Yeah, <laughs> outrageous. I'm like, how? How much more obvious can I make this that this is not accessible to you? Like it literally, it wasn't even yeah. like decorative wood. It was like plastic wood. It wasn't wood. And and then we like had wire and we had like twisted two wire ties around the handles of the fireplace to like make sure. And then of course on the listing put like, you're not able to use the fire 
burning stove and now it, like we had a group of people that got drunk and they untwisted everything and then burned the plastic inside and then went outside and oh got wood god. and brought it in to put over the plastic and kept burning it and i'm like oh my god why that's terrible yeah. people are dumb heavy heavy duty locks from here on out that's right <laughs> yeah, yeah smart chaining that shit shut oh, yeah. literally all right so you guys when we first met you were living in california so much has happened since then. You were living in California the last time we brought you on this podcast, and we've gotten to kind of run alongside yeah. you as you guys have shifted your entire business and your entire life. So talk us through what the last year has looked like for you guys. Yeah. So last time, yes, we were living in California still. We had what I think just sold our Big Bear property or about to. I forget. Before. Right. Yeah. Right before. We were living in. Redding. In Reading, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, so yeah. So since we talked last, we have now sold our first property. We purchased our first property in Big Bear, sold our first property in Big Bear uh, over the course of like a year and a half of holding it. Um, that was a great opportunity. We were able to kind of like run it through the high season and then kind of caught wind of like that whole COVID Big Bear situation where the real estate prices just kind of got absurd. And so we were able to sell that home and doing the math on the sale of that home, we were able to pretty much make about four to five years worth of like Airbnb profit we would have made on that house selling it when we did. So that was kind of like the financial decision that we had to make. And that kind of now skyrocketed us to go go do other things. So from Big Bear, we uh, still lived in California a little bit after that um, in Reading, and then we ended up driving all the way across the country and relocating to upstate New York. So now we live in Hudson, New York, which is about two hours north of uh, the city. Um, so really what took us here was had a couple of clients that started to purchase properties here in upstate New York, and we were doing everything remotely. Um, and Maddie visited here a few times, and I came to visit here a few times with her, and we actually just kind of like started falling in love with upstate New York in general, and then realized there was, you know, a really great opportunity for real estate and just short-term rentals in the area. So yes, we've been living here now for pretty crazy almost a year. In October, it'll be a year. Um, lots and lots of travel um with our michigan neighbors and um ultimately (laughs) are trying to get our feet on the ground still um you know growing the portfolio here working with clients as well and then um seeing what else is out there here in upstate yeah we had this idea of like creating a brand of short-term rentals and having a bunch of different properties and not only the properties but having selling things in them or doing events and so we were always like had this idea, but never felt like anywhere in California could like substantiate it. So when we came to New York, we were like, there's plenty of deals. There's really good deals. There's a lot of like area that we can spread. So we were like, oh, this is perfect to like take our business idea and launch it here. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a big change from California to New York. Like that is no small jump. Yeah. Uh, you guys <laughs> went through your first harsh winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> although it wasn't apparently it wasn't it was mild it according to locals harsh for yeah. you probably <laughs> yeah just yeah. harsh for us yeah. Yeah, rude sure. awakening. i think we we don't get the worst of it i think here like in the hudson valley where we live it's like it's worse when you get closer to buffalo but we're like four-ish hours away from like where they get crazy snow in new york thankfully yeah absolutely one thing i do think is worth mentioning because and obviously the episode isn't up anymore for anybody who's like 
we're referencing the last episode, but you can't go listen to it. So, um, but Thankfully. if I remember correctly, Maddie, you were still at your full-time job at the time that we had yeah. you on the podcast. So could you talk about yeah. your job and your decision to do that? Because I think people love hearing about like that ability to do that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that, number one. Um, it seems like it was like 10 years ago. But yeah, so I was at a full-time job working in skincare, specifically um, building up marketing programs from the ground up for startups. Um, so I was at a skincare company for a while doing contracting, and then my full-time gig was doing that same thing for a hair care company. Um, and what happened is around the time I was really looking to like leave my job, the startup that I was working for went under. So like they were like, the company's not going to exist in a few months. Like, this is what's happening. So I was like, oh my God, this could be my opportunity to like go full-time into real estate. But I let myself chicken out and I went back to my job before that and started working full-time there. Um, and then same kind of opportunity with TechFester and Superhost Labs. They approached me and in my mind, that was going to be like the entrepreneurship opportunity that I've been craving. But ultimately it was like trading the skincare job, like a different type of job. But that was a really nice transition to like, I learned a ton. I got a taste of entrepreneurship without the risk. I met you guys. And so it was totally worth it. But it was like my bridge from full-time job to like kind of full-time job, a little bit of entrepreneurship. And then just in January, so the beginning of this year was like my actual when I transitioned from only working for myself. Yeah. Dang, that was all the way back in January. This year has gone by so I know. fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were on our coaching call earlier this week and Emily and I kind of, you know, we start every single uh, session out just giving our background because, you know, like people who are on that don't necessarily haven't followed us for forever, right? They, they know that we're in the Airbnb mm -hmm. space, but they don't know our whole story. And so we always go back to the very beginning and kind of like give them the elevator pitch of all the way through. And that era in Subaros Labs and TechFester, I just feel like for us was truly real estate college. Like we knew we wanted to be entrepreneurs, but we didn't know how to be good entrepreneurs. And we knew we wanted to be an Airbnb in real estate, but we didn't know how to be excellent at that. Um, and so I just feel like for both of us to have gone through that, it, I feel like it just launched us in ways that like we couldn't have understood back then and are maybe starting to understand now. Oh, yeah, 100%. It was like the I couldn't have imagined a better stepping stone to get us to where we are now. And we would not be anywhere near where we are now without that experience. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of talk through what you've built in New York, like how you're working with investors, what kind of offers you're giving them, uh, what kind of a brand you're looking at building. Uh, because one, I mean, obviously, we know it relatively intimately already. But I just <laughs> think what you guys are doing in particular is so interesting and so cool. So I'm excited for you guys to share it with our listeners. Yeah, yeah. So we started out with a service-based business. Um, so we were looking for investors who wanted a short-term rental, understood all the benefits, but didn't have the time or maybe even the interest to learn exactly how to do it themselves. Um, so they come to us with all their money and they basically say, like, go find me a property, renovate it for me, design it, furnish it, put all the supplies in there and then manage it for me. And a lot of them never, still to this day, I've never even seen the properties. They fully trust us to do it A to Z without any of their involvement. Um, and that was amazing. Like we got, I think, five properties, four up and running, one still under construction from that original, what we call like our beta launch. 
Um, and the money was amazing. Obviously, like we charge a, a service fee anywhere from forty to $75,000. That was, that was like a really good foundation for us to then build upon. And now that we have that experience and the track record, we're looking more so to do partnerships with investors. So instead of collecting a big service fee up front, sharing in the cash flow and equity with them, because that's what's ultimately going to allow us to stop working as much because we'll have a buildup of more passive income. I love that. And I think it's interesting that transition or that option of both, um, because as you know, like we jumped into the partnership side of things right away without doing the one-time flat fee. But I see such value in offering that one-time flat fee because at that point you really get to understand like what investors you work well with, what investors you don't work well with. You're not married to them in any sort of a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it makes your selections on people that you partner with for long-term where you share in the equity and the cash flow, um, such a more stable selection as opposed to just like running into it without any sort of previous knowledge of how that's going to play out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we, we get to date all of them before we decide if we want to marry them in a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. I think like your skill sets work really well for that. Like the part where you're taking it and you're getting it up and running like Skylar, you do that 10 times over all the time. And so you got so much more experience in that specific market. And now, so you're like, okay, we did it five times now. Now we want a little more mm-hmm. hand in the pot going forward because we've already proved yeah. ourselves. I want to talk about your design and like working with clients and how it's going to be maybe a little different now that you're partnering. Because to me, it's like your design is great. It's very obvious that it works in the market that you're in, but it's really hard convincing clients into that. So how are you transitioning mm-hmm. that with like looking at partnering going forward and how you're going to handle that design portion specifically? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I have like, I don't know, not an announcement, but something I haven't talked about yet. Um, So with the first projects, I designed them all. And we did like a mix of like, for people who haven't seen our properties, it's definitely a mix of like vintage furniture and new furniture, like very kind of historical, but also elevated. We have like more expensive pieces than you would typically find in a property. Um, And it was challenging to get investors on board. And some of the properties that you see that came out after the Warren Street Suite, they don't have those luxury pieces and they have cheaper mattresses. Still very nice ones, but not my $1,000 mattresses. (laughs) So (laughs) we were looking for like, we're looking for a way that we can like have all of the properties have more of an elevated standard. And we came across a designer on Instagram who just has like, impeccable style like her designs are unreal exactly what i aspire to like her instagram feed is my mood board um so i contacted her and i asked her if she'd ever done an airbnb or if she'd be interested in doing it and she was like i've never done it but i'm like totally down um and she is an interior designer slash influencer and so what we found working with her on a few properties is that brands throw free stuff at her Mm. like they are begging her to take their couches and tables and chairs like they want her to use them in her projects um so she's designing the unit that we're living in currently and we've gotten a free seven thousand dollar couch from lulu and georgia free two thousand dollar coffee table free console tables free sheets free dishes like free everything um so this kind of expanded our mindset into like the whole world of like influencing and how if we can bring in an influencer on each one of our properties not only is that like an extra assurance that the property is going to do well afterwards 
but it significantly cuts down the cost for the investor while giving them a better end product. Dude. That well, and honestly, yeah. it's like I haven't heard this portion of it. I've only heard like you showed me the Instagram of this girl, and I was like, Maddie, this is like a copy and paste of your style. Like, it will feel like yes. you without you having to do it, which is such a win by itself. Not including the fact that she's mm-hmm. getting you all of this free stuff because she already understands, like, she's already got that relationship built with brands. The brands already understand the value that she's bringing. Like, yeah, ecosystem. I mean, that's incredible. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, well, and I feel like too. I know that you and I have had so many conversations about how it's really difficult to outsource things in that capacity, right? Like, especially when you're talking about the result of the end product that you're offering, which is a direct reflection of the design and the install, and like not being able to let that mm-hmm. part go. Um, and so I feel like for both of our businesses, we've like had this huge wave of like we can't carry it all. We have all of these opportunities that yeah. we're having to say no to because there's only two of us. <laughs> um, and so to find someone on your team like that, that's insane. Like it will exponentially grow your business in ways that probably like this designer has no idea. You have no idea. Furniture companies have no idea. Yeah. It's so cool. It has been life changing. And I, I, it's very, we, I focus on the free stuff because for me, that's like blew my mind, but I think it's going to be very mutually beneficial because she does collaborations with different products. So we're envisioning this whole like product placement thing in the property to promote her collaborations um, and ultimately like have it be a very symbiotic relationship between the two of us. That's so good. I think that this, that's a good point of about like building your team because you guys are relatively new to the area and it's a very, I would say luxury brand that you're building and very mm-hmm. high quality. So can you speak to how you're going about building that team? Like you have contractors that you're working with, you have a whole bunch of people. And so how do you set that standard and how do you build that team? Yeah, that's something that we're actively going through right now. I think I was of the mentality up until we, we visited Sarah and Ethan for 4th of July and we talked for hours about this, this subject. Um, but I thought that like I had to do everything. No one could do it better than me. Like that was like ingrained in my belief system. Um, and then we found Federico and I was like, okay, he can manage way better than I can. What other area of my life can someone else do better than I can do? Um, and when I met Megan, I had that same feeling. I was like her end result. I like, I, I know my work. I think it's amazing, but I know that hers is a few steps above. Um, and that comes from experience and taste and all of that. And so those are our two core team members right now. And we're waiting to see like, we're putting it out in the universe, seeing what else or who else comes our way that can take another thing off of our plate. Um, and Skylar can speak to the renovation construction side. Yeah, I feel like with construction renovation, it's always just like a work in progress, to be honest with you, especially when you go to a new market. I've had this conversation with Maddie several times, but I feel like when you get into a new market and especially when you're working on like that first ever renovation project, that brand new contractor that you're using, he like owes you nothing, right? Like they don't know what the potential work is going to be like in the future. You can maybe tell them like, oh, I have this property coming up. I have this property coming up. Things like that that can maybe soften them up to be able to work with you in a little bit better of a capacity than like a normal client per se. But 
it's always a work in progress. So even here being in upstate New York, I mean, we have one relationship with a contractor that we've used on two or three renovation projects so far. I would say he's good, not great. Um, there's things that I didn't like that he did. There's things that he did that I think he went above and beyond for, but that's, I'm sure a lot of people have those types of uh, scenarios with the contractors that they, they've used also. So I think depending on the workload and depending on the volume that we're able to do over the next year, we can really start building out like a list of several different contractors that we can pull in. And in particular, I know we haven't really delved into like we have this potential lake house deal here in upstate New York, and I'm already thinking about the type of project it's going to be. It's going to need someone that has a that has maybe more of like an artistic mind to them as a contractor as well, because we're going to need some help with figuring out what's the best placement for like a couple new bathrooms we want to put in. Like what are different elements that a contractor can bring in where they're not just going to be yes man in terms of like, Hey, I need this done. Maybe it's someone that has a little bit of knowledge about particular subjects and also has like the creativity to be able to tell us, Hey, this is going to work in this way. You guys should not do this and do this. Um, so Thinking about those things and thinking about just our connections here in the Northeast, definitely going to need to, you know, figure out the general contractor things as projects come up. It's really difficult to navigate those waters until you have legitimate things in place for them to work on, or else you're just going to be someone that's taking up a few minutes of their time over a phone call. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like speaking of the, oh, sorry, no, sorry. Go ahead. Um, speaking of the Upstate Lake House, I feel like that's the first project where we've had all of our new team members working together. So we have John, who is our mentor, but who we've also partnered with to help us raise capitals in like a sales way. Megan's designing, Federica will be managing. And I think at first we thought of all these things as costs, like this is expensive, we're giving up equity, we're paying this person that much. But in reality, every single investor call that we get on, they are blown away by the team. Like we show them Megan's Instagram, we show them Federico's expertise, John is on the call with us. So it's actually helped us raise capital for the Upstate Lake House, which is an extra benefit that I was not expecting. Yeah, you've got the infrastructure built. Like that would, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, you put yourself in the investor's shoes and you're like, they don't know you intimately, right? Yet, like, so for them to see that you've got all these systems put in place, like huge value add. Um, now that yeah. you've been in the upstate New York market for a minute and you're starting to rinse and repeat there and you're talking about, you know, how difficult it is to find boots on the ground that you think are worth rinsing and repeating with, when you think about your future, you know, everybody who gets an Airbnb is like, oh, I just want one Airbnb in every single location that I want to travel to. Are you like, no, we're going to double down in New York and we're really going to build out this team and then travel beyond? Or are you still like, okay, we're going to dabble here for maybe one or two more years and then like move on to a new market? Yeah, it's not something that we've talked about together, but I think in my mind, I see us focusing on upstate New York for maybe another year or two. Upstate New York is so big and like a lot of people will argue over what qualifies as upstate. But for me, it's like anything outside of Manhattan. So there's so much <laughs> and then excluding Long Island. <laughs> so there's so many places for us to go. But I think how we've how we're building our systems is in a way that we'll be able to like pick. We can pick it up and say like, OK, for the love of upstate had all these systems. Now let's do like for the love of Maine. And we can just copy and paste every single thing we've done in Upstate. So although we don't know where we're going next, we're preparing for that move wherever it may be. That's so smart. Yeah. I mean, I would agree completely. Maddie says we don't talk about it, but I, I've been the one that's more like, I want to go nationwide immediately. And Maddie's <laughs> like, let's focus on Upstate, which I totally get. Like, even just True. going back to what I just said about building out 
you know, contractors in particular markets. I think that's like one of the hardest things to do. And if we can stick in the same market, we'll at least be able to build these types of relationships with the right people over time. Yeah. And you guys have opposite skill sets, which makes you so lethal in this space. Like the things that Maddie is excellent at are polar opposite of the things that Skylar is excellent at. So watching you guys like starting Mm -hmm. to really start to align on something together, I just can't even imagine what it's going to turn into over the next couple of years. Um, Yeah, it's it's been amazing. One other question that I know our listeners have um, that we've gotten multiple times in our circles is how do you find investors? And everybody's got kind of a different magic to it. So uh, do you guys have any insight into how you're finding these investors and how you're developing those relationships? Yeah, yeah. I think for us, what what held me back from raising capital for so long is not knowing who those investors would be. Um, and then Sarah, you and all of our friends were saying, just find the deal, put it together, and then the investors will come. And I was like, no, I don't believe you. You're wrong. <laughs> but that's exactly what we did. <laughs> we found the deal. We made a, just a two-page Google Doc that outlined everything. We had our pro forma. Um, and then we posted on social media and we're like, hey, this is the Upstate Lake House. We're raising capital. Let us know if you would like to be involved. Um, and we had a ton of people book calls, but ultimately the people who have decided to invest are like so unexpected in the best way. Um, we had a call a few nights ago. Skylar, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, we had a call. And yeah, I think John has mentioned a few times, like investors are probably the people that are like right under your nose the entire time, which is starting to be really, really true in this scenario. So yeah, we had, well, in addition, we just are launching our mentorship program as well. And so through that, we've had people sign up for calls. And um, I had started posting more on my personal Instagram as well outside of the Skylar and Maddie account, which I didn't know if anything was going to come about by posting to my personal story. And honestly, I would say at least 50% of our calls have come from Maddie and I's like personal Instagram accounts, which is already the most surprising thing in my head. And then on one of those calls, it happened to be like one of my good, like college friends. Like this is someone that like in our college days, like went out drinking together all the time, like had some really fun times. And of course with the pandemic and everything, like we have somewhat lost touch over the last like three or four years, but um, I tr- really tried to call out people on my personal Instagram with like an asterisk saying like, you know, if we haven't talked in a while, like I, this is not going to be weird. Like if you've ever been interested in real estate or short-term rentals, like just reach out and like, we'll figure out if it's like the right fit for you. Like, <laughs> so based off of those like parameters, Adam had this friend reach out. And then, um, I really knew nothing about like his story over the last few years. I did know in college, although we had some really fun and crazy times together, he was also someone that was like, I had that entrepreneurial mindset and I always remembered in the back of my head, like I thought he would do big and great things with his life. And so, um, I mean, he's just a few years, he's a couple years younger than us. He, um, is within his going, going through his own career path right now. And he gets on the call and he says, well, Skyler, like, I'm not really interested in the mentorship program, but like, it's almost getting to the end of the year and I have a bunch of cash that I need to spend. So I don't pay a bunch of taxes <laughs> at the end of the year. And I'm like, and then, so then Maddie and John hop on the call after I introed him through all, throughout all this. And he's like, I have $50,000 that I need to spend like right now. So like, do you have anything? So yeah. we're like, perfect. We do have something for you. So I think it's just random with the types of people that have reached out, especially for our coaching program, which we can get into, but ultimately it's just, these investors are, it's a funny, not a funny group of people, but a random group of people that weirdly all fits together like perfectly. Yes. 
And none of them are like, you know, old men in suits. Like they're all like people close to our age, people yeah. we went to high school with, college with, like friends of friends. That I, I think if even if we didn't have a social media following, all of these people we knew prior to that. So we still would have been able to pull it off. Yeah, yeah I think that that is like there is a power in social media, right? Like we are able to find people who want to invest through social media, which I think people sound, think sounds really weird that like a stranger who's followed you on social media wants to invest, but that does happen. But I even like my sister came up to me and she's not somebody I would have ever even considered wanting to invest in a property. I was like, she's not at a point in her life where she wants to do that, whatever. I, not something I ever talked to her about. And she was like, I just want you to know I'm really interested and I really want to learn about the industry and I'm willing to like be the boots on the ground and do all of the work to learn it. If you'll like, oh my God. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't even going to talk to you about this. Like it wasn't even a thought in my head. And now it's like a potential thing that's going to happen. And I'm like, you understand that we're going to have to have like very specific contracts, even though we're related. She's like, oh yeah, absolutely. And she's just like ready to go. And I was so shocked. I was like, I didn't even consider talking to you about this. Yeah. They come out of the woodwork. I love that. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's so random. I know. I feel like that's almost even on our end to like it's hard to get into the mindset of like, even for, like for me, I struggle with posting social media like content all the time. And I haven't done so in the last like couple years very often. And so this last week of like being really active on social media is way out of my comfort zone, especially on like my personal Instagram. And so just seeing how this week has gone for me and then seeing like the types of people that have been in my DMs, it's like, it's pretty rewarding. Like I got, I think on like our second coaching, uh, potential coaching student call, like I was at the end of that call, I was like literally just like giddy and I couldn't believe it. I was like, why, what am I feeling right now? Like this is weird emotions. Like I did not like it, but it, it is, it is amazing to just like hear other people's stories and like the reasons as to like how and why they're connecting with you over just like a few videos that you've posted. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like, I mean, Emily and I used to fangirl over you guys before we actually met you. And Skylar, you were the main one posting Same. at that point where you were posting like all of these hilarious videos. And then to like meet you and find out that you're like, oh, I feel so cringe about these things. Like, I feel cringe about the content we make. And I like, you know, we've talked in depth about this, about how we can't like listen to ourselves back. We can't watch the videos we post. Like, we feel so like, Ugh, just ugh. I get the ick about myself yeah. in posting these videos but at the end of the day it's like everybody's ick like everybody is it has to either go through that cringe or just is cringe as a human in general and to just like have yeah. the confidence to just like push through it and just be like this is going to help someone worth it if you're on these calls and you're actually seeing the impact that it's having like if you've got an end oh, yeah. goal in mind Oh, 100%. And Maddie knows, like, I'm really big on just, like, discipline in my own life. Like, I try, I'm my, easily the biggest critique in my own life is myself. And it'll put me down at the end of the day sometimes, or it'll make me feel really, really great at the end of the day. And, um, like, over the this past week, specifically, again, like, with getting out of my comfort zone, really just, like, following, like, the discipline that, like, every morning I wake up, and there's going to be things on my to-do list that, like, I don't, necessarily want to do but a disciplined person isn't someone that just lets that go and doesn't do it it is some disciplined person is someone that has to decide every single day that like this is what they're going to accomplish whether or not they want to get it done that day or not which is a struggle it, it's every single day you're having to like actively decide like i need to do these things to get to the point in my life that i want to get to yeah 
we can start transitioning into your guys' mentorship program, but I think Skylar, you're going to be so shocked at the end I had, cause I'm like similar to you. I'm not great at posting. I literally can't watch a single thing that I post. We always tease each other when we're on like meetings where I'm like, Skylar, you're going to talk next. Right. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm like going to talk, but you'll be so shocked at how many people come up to you and they're like, I actually really relate to you. And I feel like I'm the, yeah. cause like we get the, I'm the Sarah, I'm the Emily. And they're like, I feel like I'm the Emily. And I'm like, no, you're not. Nobody is like, nobody feels the way that I feel, but so many people do. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. We like, again, I think one of our calls this past week, like the girl that hopped on was very similar in terms of like uh, her appearance to Maddie but it was crazy. the way she was like explaining her current situation was like almost a copy and paste of like my first video that I posted about like why we're doing mentorship this week. And so that call and specifically, like I was just like, I, I can't believe there's someone that relates to my specific story so well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, when you guys were up here for the 4th of July, we had obviously in-depth conversations around mentorship in general. And Emily and I had already gone through it at that point and had such a good experience. And the both of you were like, okay, yeah, maybe, but like, no, like, <laughs> yeah. like we're not doing this. Like that's not where our passion lies, so on and so forth. And it's come 180, right? You guys are offering mentorship, which like all of us here know how badly people need that education in their lives and how much it can change their lives. But what decided, what was like the decision in switching your mentality towards it? And then now, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I think it totally happened by accident. So going back to the Upstate Lake House, we posted a link to book a call. And one of the women that got on the call, we were talking to her. Um, she shared that she had $25,000 to invest, which was below our minimum for the Lake House. So then we just kind of like started getting to know her, learning about her background. She had like a, a construction background. Her partner was working on his real estate license. And I, it was me on the call and John, who was our mentor and like sales lead. And John and I didn't even like communicate with each other, but I think we were both like mentorship. Like she would be like, she would benefit so greatly from what we could teach her that we just like offered it to her again without talking to each other. But it was like, I don't know it was such good vibes all around like she was super pumped I was super pumped I could like see such a clear path for her to have like incredible success um and so after that call like I'm getting the chills talking about it now <laughs> but after that call <laughs> and Sarah you were here Federico was here I like get out of the car and he goes in there and I'm like oh my god you guys like won't believe the call I just had like we're launching mentorship it's gonna be incredible and every single call we've had since then has been that good, where I'm just like, wow, this person is going to be like a superstar. Like, I can't wait to see their success. And I didn't think that I would feel that way about coaching and teaching. But it's just like, we, we're literally like both giddy after the calls. It's, it's almost embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, literally. Well, yeah, I think like the common theme the last like few weeks is we've, like we've started this process with coaching has been just like not only like helping other people realize like their potential, which we can see so clearly for them on these calls so far, and they're the ones struggling with like seeing their own potential, but also being able to relate to that so much, like taking our story in our life prior to meeting like John, for an example, and hiring our own me mentor. I think we were almost like stuck in a rut of like, what are the next steps to get to like this next phase of life that we want to get to? Like we could see it, but we not necessarily didn't think like every day we had the potential to get there. And then putting our backs against the wall, paying a good amount of money for a mentor that will help us get to that position. 
made us, you know, we have one choice now, right? Like it's to go this direction or fail, right? That those are the two options. And so putting ourselves against the wall, like really focusing on that and then hopping on these falls the last few weeks, it's obviously the right decision to, to offer a program like this to help other people realize their potential. Like we're trying to do as well at the same time. I think it's so funny to hear you guys say that because Sarah and I were both like, oh, we're not sure if like it's going to be people that relate to us or are like-minded or whatever else. And it took John believing in us and what we were doing to get us to believe in them and what they want to do and that we can Mm -hmm. actually teach them that. That's like one of John's best qualities, that and that he can read your mind in a call. Like he'll do that sometimes with us (laughs) where somebody will be talking and he'll just like go and offer them something and be like, I haven't talked to Sarah and Emily about this, but, and it it works because we are thinking about it. But John's just like, he can read the room so well and he just believes in you so much that he just gets it done. I think he was like the best decision that we made this year by far. But we needed like that person to believe that we could do it to get us to go and do it. And now we have to believe in our mentees yeah. to get them to go do it. Yeah. 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 And there's, yeah, I think at its core, like, Oh, go ahead, sir. Okay, I have one sentence. I was going to say, I think it also really helps that like all of us truly at our core, I think want to help people, whether that's like our guests and our properties or people who are looking at what we're doing and want the same thing. And so having a mentor who's like got such a heart for people I feel like that's why he can like, like just assume the sale of something that we haven't talked about on these calls, because he's like, I already know that the people that I am selling for, like want to help people. So it's not going to be hard to convince them to like do something that's slightly different than maybe we thought this call was going to be for, because he already knows that like, we have this desperate, like desire to help. And if that's going to help, then that's the direction we're going to be pulled. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think mentorship, like at its core can be extremely cringy, just like the idea of it. And that's where my brain has been for the last like five years. But also, I think on the flip side of that, like I'm also someone that paid a ton of money to go to something called college. And I really didn't get much out of that either. So I feel like especially looking at the prices of like a standard mentorship program, especially in like the short term rental space, like if you are listening to this and you're on the fringe of like, should I do this or not? Just think about how much money people spend on college and that they get almost nothing out of that experience. And then you could go spend a fraction of what that costs for a very specific, like skilled niche uh, set of just rules and parameters that you should use moving forward in real estate. And it's it's going to like skyrocket you to success compared to just generalized education. That is kind of like the norm, especially here in the U.S. Yeah. Well, and two, it's like, you know, some of the pitfalls that all of us have experienced over the last several years being in the space, like some of that stuff you can't just like willy nilly post online, you know? And so we talk about horror stories all the time, Mm -hmm. but we don't always talk about some of the things that you have to avoid or be aware of um, in getting into this. And so I feel like, you know, you see from an outsider's perspective who isn't in the space, you see some of the issues that could go wrong but you just don't get the breadth of it. And so if you're not going to like really have someone in your corner who's gone through it, who's like truly eaten their shit sandwich, it's like you just, you don't know what you don't know. So having somebody who's already gone through it to be like, no, 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 or your bumpers, like do not go down this path, <laughs> stay here is, I just think it's invaluable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's changed our life. Yeah. I think I thought like when Sarah was talking about how John was like reaching out to us for like a year to offer mentorship in my head, mentorship was like motivational speaker type stuff. And that was like, 
there's a whole market for that. And there's people who do that. That is not me. I'm not like stand up on a stage, be a motivational speaker kind of a person. And so when Sarah was like, oh yeah, there's this like mentorship thing. I was like, absolutely not. Like I cannot do that. And it's so different. And like, you get to really plug into where people are at that point in time and teach them and not just like speak at them, I think is the difference between what we're doing and that. And so I don't know, it's turned out so much better. And like going into our third one has felt so much better for me after having the first two. So I just love it so much more now. And I'm like, never thought that I would be a teacher yeah. at all. We, uh, we got off our call on Wednesday and Emily has never like looked sounded been more confident in my entire life and I'm, she's love like it. on the call and I'm like I love that. I'm like she's preaching to me like I'm here I'm like sitting down you know I'm like the one that always has like my two cents to add after whatever Emily's saying and after each slide when she was like preaching her heart out she's like not clicking to the next slide like waiting for me to have my two cent follow-up and I was always something <laughs> I literally have nothing like I'm just over here speechless like trying to hold back tears because I'm so proud like just so obsessed with what we're doing so it's I'm just so excited to watch you guys have that same thing because like your skill set is a little bit different than ours but so similar to ours in a lot of ways but just the the like never-ending desire to like make the world a better place it's I think that's why we're in this position now and we feel so called to do it and that just people need it you know yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, guys, there's going to be like grandfather. I was thinking about this the other day. It's like John has mentors. John's mentors have mentors. And like, it's going to be funny when eventually like one of our coaching students starts their own mentorship program, because then it's just going to be like <laughs> another generation of like the mentorship. Like I was thinking about that the other day. I just thought that was so funny. Maybe they'll tell the stories about us. Like John tells about his mentors. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a giant pyramid scheme and it's fine. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It's fine. And that was like one other thing I was going to say too. I feel like people also, when they join a mentorship, like it's 100% you need to know it's like not the end all be all, right? Like we're here to like provide the skill set and hopefully provide you like that first opportunity to like start doing this thing in some capacity, right? But like, I think people also need to realize, you know, even for us, like we paid someone a lot of money to teach us like to have the confidence to like get out there and do this stuff. But by no means is that person going out there and making us rich, right? Like we're the ones that have to take those learnings and put them into action. And then again, cross your fingers and make sure like you do everything you need to do and hopefully it works out. But ultimately like mentorship is just like that skill set that you can provide for someone else. And then they have to, you know, take those tools and run with them. It's not going to be something where, you know, you pay X amount of dollars and you immediately get, you know, a huge reward from that. Yeah. yeah. Unless they're doing your other offer and it's all of a sudden passive for them, but that comes up. Exactly. Much higher price yes. Point. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we are already over 45 minutes. I told you we'd keep it to that and you know that we <laughs> have no ability to, but, um, for our listeners, I mean, I know that you guys have watched us really grow alongside Maddie and Skylar. And I think that, you know, a big reason why we have this big push of outreach and mentorship is because we've watched how much our community with each other has changed our own paths. You know, I, I think that all of us may be undervalued community from the get go. And that has honestly been the biggest pivot in all of our lives that's had the biggest impact. So um, 
we've always joked about having a cult at <laughs> the beginning of that <laughs> in the best way possible. But we just appreciate you guys so much for our listeners. We hope that you learned something today. And if you are considering joining either of our mentorships, just know that uh, we're coming from a place of truly wanting you guys to have the, the freedom of time and freedom of finances that we found in short-term rentals. So uh, we hope you join. Ours or theirs, doesn't matter. It's going to be about the same, <laughs> the same exposure. You'll meet us all either way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You'll we'll meet us at either graduation. Either <laughs> way, so. Yeah, so yeah. true. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming on and uh, sharing some of your secrets with our listeners. And for our listeners, thanks for listening to another one. We'll catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.